0: For you form my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made." Psalm 139, 13-14 Heavenly Father, we are in awe of your workmanship. Each of us are a tapestry of your design, woven with the threads of personality, purpose, and potential. We're all unique and beloved in your eyes. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we are, in all of our unique idiosyncrasies and specific personalities, a testament to your intricate care and boundless imagination. We thank you, Lord, for the unsurpassable worth that you bestow upon every single person. Guide us to use each of our gifts in service to you and radiate your love to a world that so desperately needs it. We are your beloved creations, declaring your glory with every single breath. May we live into this purpose. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, and the truest expression of your love, we pray, amen. Welcome to Prey News, where hope is our only bias. Today's news at a glance, Ohio votes to give abortion access. What does that say about the position of the country? The G7 meets to implore Israel for a humanitarian pause. And the video game company Epic is suing Google. Why does that matter for the average person? Controversy is unavoidable in this life. Competing desires, cultural values, and childhoods all coalesce into different views and opinions sometimes even believers look at the same story and come to vastly different conclusions. Today, let's unite in the fact that we're all human beings trying our best, fashioned by God for great things. That acknowledgement of mutual dignity and humility and worth will unify us even when everything else seems divided. We're glad you're here. We pray today's take on the news leaves you informed and transformed. If Pray News has offered value to your day, be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. That way, you never have to miss an episode. Before we get to today's first story, let's hear a word from these sponsors. Ohio voters made a pivotal decision to affirm abortion rights with the state's constitution. This choice not only alters the legal landscape, but stands as a testament to the enduring debate over reproductive rights in America. We acknowledge the heartfelt stance of believers on both sides of this issue. Our aim at Prey News is to continually seek balance and nuance without compromising the conviction of scripture. We report knowing full well this news strikes a chord with Jesus loving believers with different views birthed out of compassion. Now, what happened in Ohio? The outcome of the Ohio's vote is a watershed moment, revealing the public stance on an issue that continues to shape the national dialogue around abortion. This initiative's success echoes a broader pattern, one that saw Kansas and Kentucky voters defeat measures to restrict abortion rights, suggesting a notable trend in public opinion. The amendment passed in Ohio carved out a constitutional right to reproductive decisions, including abortion, with the state retaining the power, though, to impose restrictions post-fetal viability, except in the case of threatening the life or the health of the mother. This nuance introduces a framework that balances individual rights with states' interests, and it's a delicate legal tightrope, to be sure personal stories and convictions fed the fervor on both sides. Votes in favor reflect concern for the medical autonomy of mothers, while the opposition raised concerns about the parental consent and the value of human life within the womb. These individual narratives underscore the multifaceted nature of the abortion debate in our country, reflecting the struggle to reconcile personal beliefs with public policy. The debate often becomes convoluted, with one side claiming the defense of women and the other side claiming the defense of the unborn. Ultimately, in Ohio, more people chose to vote for bodily autonomy. The Ohio's ballot outcome reverberates beyond state lines, hinting at possible implications for the upcoming presidential election. Abortion, as it turns out, is polling high as a major issue for the upcoming election, along with the economy. As both sides digest this result, the gaze turns towards future legal interpretations of the long-term impacts on the state's legislative process. With over $71 million poured into campaigns, the financial backbone of this ballot question highlights the weight both supporters and opponents placed on the issue. Strategies focused on galvanizing voters through concerns such as parental consent and late-term abortions indicating the emotional and moral complexity surrounding abortion rights. Legal scholars and analysts are already speculating on the amendment's implications for existing laws, such as those requiring parental consent, that was the huge backbone of the opponents of this bill. The precise legal ramifications remain to be fully understood and will likely unfold in the state's courts in the coming years. Now, where to begin with a reflection? Ohio's decision to secure abortion access in its constitution is a significant moment in the state's history. It is a reflection of a deeply divided nation grappling with the moral, legal, and personal dimensions of one of the most contentious issues we face as a society. Ohio's tense weeks of debate reflect the culture at large, with the dimming number of pro-life advocates mobilizing to the ballot boxes. When reporting on war and conflict, we often hearken back to Genesis 1 and Psalm 139, reminding ourselves that every life is precious in the sight of God. As it says in Psalm 139, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In this moment, we lean on the same call for compassion. As believers, we are never advocates of death, since we understand the inherent value and dignity of every human being, crafted and called by God for great things. We also recognize that this world is filled with hardship that leads to hard choices that people don't want to make but feel like they have to. Many women, when faced with pregnancy, feel trapped and without a support system around them. Their decision to get an abortion is often influenced by fear and an acknowledgment that bringing a child into the world could compound their hardship. The pro-life, pro-choice debate is often ignorantly framed as pro-child versus pro-woman. We must ask the question of why not both? Why not strive to honor the unborn but empower women? We as believers are called to uphold the dignity, value, honor of every person. That means caring for women facing a daunting situation and ensuring health care, postpartum care, counseling, and resources are available to them. That means creating a more accountable, robust, and empathetic adoption agency that collaborates with families who want more children. It means churches mobilizing with compassion, offering resources, care, and love without shaming people facing the most difficult decisions of their lives. Obviously, this issue is multifaceted, deeply layered, and nuanced. We can't solve everything at once, but what we can do is pray. So let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you in a time of great division and heartfelt concern, recognizing the profound complexity and sensitivity of the issue of abortion that confronts our nation. We pray for the unborn. We pray for the mothers faced with daunting choices, that they may be surrounded by support and care that affirms life and offers hope in the midst of their trials. We pray for the unborn, whose inherent worth and potential are known fully by you. May we as your people be agents of your love, embracing both the women who are struggling in the lives of the unborn, seeking ways to nurture and protect everyone who is in need of your love and care and provision. Give us the grace to be instruments of your peace without shaming people on the other side of the aisle. May we all be people walking and mobilized with humility, understanding, working tirelessly to ensure that every life, both born and unborn, is valued and cherished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Israel's advancing troops have carved deeper into the urban heart of Gaza City. The international gaze is sharpening, honing in on the potential aftermath of the questions looming over Israel's post-war objectives. It is here, with the crossfire of aspirations and anxieties, that our report unfolds, navigating the dense mosaic of geopolitical maneuvers, the plight of the war-weary, and the delicate balance of international diplomacy. Nearly two weeks into Israel's ground offensive, following a devastating attack by Hamas on October 7th, Israeli forces have penetrated the densely populated confines of Gaza City, a bastion of Hamas presence. Despite the lack of independent verification of troop positions, the message is clear. The battle has reached a critical juncture. In the cosmopolitan corridors of Tokyo, though, the G7's collective voice emerged with a plea not just for a ceasefire, but for a humanitarian pause. The cadence of their statement balances the act of condemnation, unreservedly denouncing Hamas's lethal onslaught on Israeli soil, with the call for humanitarian aid channels to be pried open amidst the strife. The G7 compromises seven allied countries, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's words resonate with the resolve to prevent a repetition of the October horror. Advocating for aid, yet eschewing a full ceasefire that might leave Hamas's capabilities intact. The harrowing figures narrated by the Gazan Health Ministry speak of a tragedy of more than 10,000 lives extinguished and over 26,000 wounded. These are not mere statistics, but human stories etched with loss and pain. Israel's right to defend itself and exist without the fear of terror and attack ought to be recognized. A decisive blow to Hamas is necessary to stave off future attacks. However, the Gazan landscape battered by the machinery of war stands as a testament to the dire need for humanitarian reprieve for these women, children, and innocent civilians caught in the crossfire. Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and Egypt, propelled by the voices of their people, have reached out across diplomatic lines to American officials. Their message is one of urgency, a call to stem the Israeli offensive's tide and to bring solace to the people in the throes of war. Saudi Arabia is set to host more diplomatic talks next week, feeling the situation's urgency. The White House, upholding Israel's sovereignty and self-defense and its strategic imperative to dismantle Hamas, concurrently amplifies its advocacy for humanitarian pauses. These are essential breaths of relief, pivotal in channeling aid into an enclave where, Before the war, aid trucks were a daily sighting, courtesy of the United Nations. In a candid exchange, President Biden and Prime Minister Netanyahu conversed on the contours of conflict mitigation. The White House disclosed a discourse on tactical pauses while Netanyahu held firm, no ceasefire shall grace the horizon without the precondition of hostages release. The hostages are Israel's main concern. Hamas took nearly 250 hostages with them on October 7th and has been using them as human shields to prevent Israeli missile assaults. The g 7 statements extend beyond the immediacies of war, casting a light on the extremist settler violence in the West Bank as well. This is a dimension of the conflict often overshadowed, yet profoundly affecting the Palestinian populace. A financial front opens against Hamas as well, with the G7 pledging to thwart its financial conduits for atrocities that they have committed here lies the intersection of economics and ethics where sanctions emerge as instruments of policy and pressure hopefully mitigating the need for more war even amidst the tumult the pursuit of lasting peace endures the G7's nod towards a two-state solution encapsulates the enduring vision of peace one rooted in coexistence and mutual recognition a peace that despite its challenges remains the north star of the middle eastern diplomacy In an arena where allegiances often cloud judgments, Japan distinguishes itself with a temperate approach. Straddling the middle ground, its calls for restraint from all parties and its attention to Gaza's civilian toll mark a subtle yet significant deviation from its G7 peers. We'll await to see how Japan addresses the war straight on. We'll wait and see how Japan's stance changes and shifts with time. As the horizon of the conflict between Israel and Hamas unveils the imminent challenges, the international community grapples with the dual mandate of ending the bloodshed and charting a course for recovery. Questions abound over the essential cessation and the long-term stability of the region. With every call for humanitarian pauses, the world inches closer to acknowledging the profound human cost of war and the necessity of forging paths to peace. We will continue to pray that peacemakers would rise in this conflict and that God's sovereignty would be over the humanitarian crisis and all of the hostages held by Hamas. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we beseech you in times of conflict and despair as we witness the unfolding human tragedy in Gaza and Israel. We pray for an end to the violence that has claimed so many lives so far and for your protection over the innocent caught in the crossfires. May your wisdom guide the leaders of nations so that they might navigate the path towards a ceasefire or lasting peace or a victory that's swift and decisive. Grant comfort to the families mourning their loved ones and healing to the wounded. Strengthen the hands of those who bring aid and solace to the afflicted and lead us to a future where harmony prevails over discord. May we all seek your face in our quest for reconciliation and let your love be a beacon that guides our actions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen to the podcast, Heroes in the Bible Jesus, with Dr. Tony Evans. Do not be afraid. The Lord is with you. Mary looked at the angel, perplexed. I am Gabriel, and I have come with good news. You, O oh Favored One, are chosen. Jesus was under for a moment, and when he emerged, the heavens opened up like a breaking dam, light poured forth from the skies. This is my beloved son. It is in him I am pleased. Caiaphas opened his arms and raised his voice. You have heard it. What have you to say for yourself, Jesus? Tell the whole room that you have made claims to be the son of Jehovah. I am as you said. Listen to Heroes in the Bible, Jesus, with Dr. Tony Evans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In a modern-day David vs. Goliath tale, a digital slingshot is poised to challenge the towering presence of Google in the high-stakes battlefield of app stores. This is not the stuff of myth or ancient scripture, but the unfolding courtroom drama between Epic Games and Google, as the Fortnite creator takes aim at the alleged monopoly of the tech giant. This case promises to be an epic, pun intended, showdown of legal prowess and moral debate. Epic Games, the studio behind the cultural phenomena Fortnite, has been a David challenging tech Goliath for a while now. In its latest legal foray, Epic accuses Google of monopolistic practices in the way that it runs the Android App Store. Picture the scene. It's August 13, 2020. Epic introduces a direct payment method for its in game currency, circumventing the so called Google tax. But in a switch retaliation, Google expels Fortnite from the Play Store altogether. This act leads us to the courtroom doors where the fight for market freedom and fairness begins. This is not merely a clash of corporate titans. It's a saga that may very well reshape the digital landscape for consumers and developers alike. When we reference the Google tax, we mean the fee that's levied on transactions within the Play Store. It's at the heart of the debate here. Epic's quest is to dismantle this fee structure, thereby altering the economic framework of Android app distribution. This battle is not just about Epic's bottom line, it's the ripple effect of the wallets and freedoms of users and creators worldwide. Is Google a monopolistic behemoth or a giant delivering order to the chaotic digital realm? It's possible that it's both. The court's verdict will hinge on how the market is defined. Should Android's app ecosystem be viewed through the lens of a wider smartphone market, where Apple's presence looms large, or as a distinct entity shackled by Google's rules? This legal jousting over market definition could decide the fate of app stores as we know them. The heart of the issue beats at the intersection of innovation and regulation. Google defends its stewardship of the Play Store as a bastion against security threats and the keystone of Android user experience. Yet critics, including Epic, argue that Google's fees are exorbitant stifling competition and innovation. For the consumer, this trial might impact not only their digital experience, but also their financial outlay for apps and services. As the legal labyrinth unfolds, expect to witness a spectacle of strategy as Epic and Google deploy their narratives. The trial will be a jury affair, distinct from Epic's bench trial with Apple. This means that the outcome will rest in the hands of peers, not just legal principles. The cast called to testify reads like a who's who of Silicon Valley royalty. The testimonies could offer a candid look into the operational machinations of these digital empires. The public gaze will be fixed on the revelations that might emerge, and as these titans of tech disclose their inner workings, we'll be waiting to see who's the good guy and who's the bad guy here. This trial transcends the courtroom. It's a microcosm of broader societal questions about power, choice, monopolies, and fairness in the age of digital commerce. The verdict will ripple through the tech world, potentially redefining the competitive landscape. Are companies like Google able to tack on whatever type of fees that they want because companies are forced to use their platform? For the entrepreneurial Davids out there, this could be a signal of hope for change, a chance to compete on a more level playing field. Epic's challenge to Google's authority may remind us of those timeless tales where the underdog stands up to the overlord. Where the fight is about more than just profits it's about principles this narrative resonates with a scriptural essence echoing the struggles and aspirations that have always defined humanity's pursuit of justice from our vantage point the epic vs google saga is more than a news story it's a contemporary parable it speaks to our shared values of fairness and freedom and our support of the innovators and dreamers out there and not being stifled by corporate giants it also serves as a caution against the concentration of power While the digital landscape might seem far removed from the pastoral vistas of biblical times, the core human stories remain unchanged. The quest for fairness, the spirit of competition, and the challenge to authority are as relevant today as they were in the days of David and Goliath. Let's close our time together in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the digital expanse where giants roam, we pray for justice and truth to prevail. May the legal battle between Epic Games and Google unfold with clarity and fairness, reflecting the values of free market competition and innovation that enrich our society. Bless all parties with wisdom and an ability to exercise kindness even in disagreement. Protect the spirit of enterprise that empowers the small and the mighty alike, ensuring a landscape of fairness and progress and creativity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today on Pray News. It is our aim to be informed and transformed. We pray today you would proceed with hope, love, and determination to be a force for good. If you've enjoyed this take on the news, consider writing us a review and share your experience. You can sign up for our newsletters at praynews.com. There you will find sources to all of our reporting. And be sure to download the pray.com app to make prayer a priority in your life and experience the Bible in new and exciting ways. God bless.